The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, all I really need to do to get your attention is say the word sex, and we've got everybody's eyes going right this way. Well... We're going to talk about sex today just a little bit, but mostly what we'll be talking about is intimacy, real intimacy, of which sex is but a small, though important, part. Primary relationships, those are those things that are had between a husband and a wife or two partners, whether the same or opposite sex, two people who are going to be in a, a primary relationship. They work when intimacy is the primary endeavor of the relationship. They work less well or stop working altogether when intimacy is not the primary endeavor of the relationship. So what do we mean by intimacy if we don't just mean sex? Well, remember the Navi in the movie Avatar? They said it well. They said, I see you. What they meant was they really saw the other person. They saw them for who and what they really were. They saw all the way down to their souls. Intimacy allows both parties in a primary relationship to really see each other. So how do we learn to see and be seen this way? Well, if we want a solid relationship that has real endurability, we need to develop the skills necessary to intimacy, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. I can't guarantee that we're going to have a, everyone here is going to have a long-lasting relationship, but I can say that the fear of not having a relationship lasts once we've started it is one of the precursors to the downfall of intimacy. And what I mean by that is that when we first start into a relationship, we have all kinds of anxieties and all kinds of fears about whether or not this is they're going to like me, are they going to respect me, are they going to enjoy my company, am I going to be funny enough, am I going to be happy enough, am I going to be smart enough, am I going to be whatever enough. And we, we get into that, and we get into that fear syndrome. So we're already started down the path of trying to please the other person instead of trying to be ourselves in relationship with the other person. And so that's the beginning. And then what happens is we set up all kinds of dysfunction based on that fear. So what is the dysfunction? Well, as the relationship proceeds, it can be anything from telling lies to each other to, to being jealous and possessive of each other, um, to trying to control each other, all in the name of, I've got to make this last. Now, that sounds kind of weird that we would be saying that we're going to do the most dysfunctional things, the most destructive things in the world in order to try to make the relationship last. But I can tell you that the people that are the most controlling are the people that are most afraid that the relationship is not going to last. The people that are the most possessive are the people that are most afraid the relationship is not going to last. The 
people that are the most uh, untruthful with regard to uh, what's really going on in the dynamic, those are the ones who are afraid the relationship is not going to last. Now, there are some people out there, and we're going to give them a brief aside here, who are what we call commitment phobes, who are not really invested in a relationship. They want some uh, something sort of solid on the side, but they really want to keep their personal life going. In other words, they want to not lose out on having the possibility of, of keeping uh, sexual and and um, I won't say intimate, but sexual relationships going on with other people while they're in a relationship with a primary partner. But those people are not really afraid so much of losing the relationship per se. They're afraid of losing the security that the relationship provides them. And that, that, so that's a whole different thing. Will they lie, cheat, steal, and whatever to, to maintain that relationship? Yes, but it's based on their security needs, not on their needs for a real dynamic, because they don't have a real life dynamic and they don't really want one. So those people get an aside, all right? And that's all we're going to give them. But for the people that are listening today, I'm thinking that we're talking about people who want a really lasting and, and good, healthy, strong relationship. So, so from that point, what we, what we need to talk about is all the things that get in the way of having that um, intimacy. And then we're going to talk about how you actually build intimacy into the relationship. So let's talk about love first. What is love? Well, you know, that conversation has been ongoing since the beginning of time. and I can't promise you that I've got any better definition of it than anyone else on the planet, but I can say that what love isn't is possessiveness. What what love isn't is control. Oprah says it really well. I like the way she says it. She says, love looks like love. It's kind of like, you know, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Well, if it looks like love and walks like love and acts like love and respects like love and um, uh, takes care of like love and is gentle and genuine like love, then it's probably love. But if it isn't, if it looks like possessiveness, then it's not love. Possessiveness is not the same as love. Possessiveness comes from fear, not love. And it, uh, according to Marianne Williamson, fear is the opposite of love. Now, I'm, I'm not sure that I totally agree with that definition. I'm not sure that, that, that light and dark are as opposite as we think they are. But nevertheless, the, the idea that fear um, is all about um, aloneness, it's all about insecurity, it's all about not being certain, about needing to be certain that things are going to go the way we want them to go or what, or what, that we fall off the end of the earth, right? Um, and that's, that's, we don't usually let that thought really actualize in our minds. We don't really know what it is that we're afraid of when we cope with fear using uh, control or possessive mechanisms, but we are afraid. And if you can get to the bottom line of what we are afraid of, it can help us to, to not use those patterns and to use, rather, patterns that build a relationship. And, again, we're going to be talking about those in just a few minutes as well. But uh, what I really want to say is when you're in a relationship with someone who's demonstrating patterns of possessiveness or control or jealousy or um, lying and being untruthful, then you're not in a relationship with someone who has intimacy skills. You're in a relationship with someone who's using those mechanisms to cope with their fear that they might not be able to keep this relationship. 
And how they can turn that around is usually they need to go talk to someone, maybe even a professional, who can really help them sort out the fine lines of distinction as to what they're afraid of and how they built this fear into their dynamics. And then how they can sort of back away from the fear and settle into something more genuine. So that will take some work. And do you want to wait for that? That's up to you. Uh, but the point is that's going to take some work, and it's going to have to be their work. It's not something you can make them do. So, uh, so okay, so now you're in a relationship with someone, and you see that they're not able to do it. What do you do? Do you get controlling possessive and try to get them to behave? Do you get into what I call bargaining, where you're doing, if I say this, then they'll do that. If I do this, then they'll do that. If I uh, push it this way or say it that way or... Try not to ask too much or try to hold off or try to be cool and distant while they, so they can warm back up again or whatever it is, whatever game you're playing, it's, there's an if and a then. If I do this, then he'll or she'll do that. You're in bargaining, and that's not building intimacy either. Bargaining is, is a game we play. It's a stage of grief, stage of acceptance, where we say, if I can, accomplish, can make this happen the way my fantasy is uh, telling me it ought to happen, that's when I'll be okay. And, of course, it isn't happening the way we want it to, and so we keep bargaining. And bargaining can be very seductive because what it does is it tells us that if I just keep chasing this rabbit around the, um, ray, the racetrack, I'm going to one day get it. And we know the greyhounds never get that rabbit. So, uh, so bargaining is a stage where we can get really stuck, and we can even stay there for years. I've worked with couples over the years who one or both parties has been stuck in bargaining for 15, 20 years, doing the same old thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, hoping this time it'll be different, this time it'll be different, this time it'll be different, and it never is. And what helps us get to the end of bargaining, unfortunately, is a hard knock in the face with a two-by-four, usually. Uh, We usually wake up and go, oh, my God, this is just never going to work. And it's a very difficult time, and that's when we get to that what, that stage of going. I'm now I'm sorrowful. Now I'm angry. Now I'm really grieving, um, and finally maybe able to move on to acceptance. So we we forestall the inevitable by staying stuck in bargaining. So if you're in a relationship that is not working, you find yourself saying to yourself over and over again, "Well, if I do this, he'll do that. If I do this, she'll do that." You're in bargaining. And that's a clue that you're not in intimacy. And you can't build intimacy alone. Intimacy is a bridge built on, from both sides. So, okay, intimacy skills. First of all, most of us have been taught to be afraid of intimacy. We're afraid of intimacy because we're afraid of being known. And most of us fear being known, and we also long to be known. And so we've got this internal conflict going on between being known and not being known. And we walk that uh, plank with one foot in and one foot out of the truth most of the time. So we will play a game when we get really scared and we'll tell the truth when it seems a little more safe to tell the truth. And so we slowly over time build more and more truth into the relationship because we've been taught not to tell the truth in relationship. As a matter of fact, we've been taught, most of us have been taught to play all kinds of games about relationship, um, having to do with uh, play, uh, you know, playing the field, playing hot and cold, uh, um, playing hard to get. All of those are games that we've been taught to play 
because if we give in too much, we're going to get taken over by somebody else, and then we might really get hurt. Well, here's the deal. Here's the real deal about relationship, okay? I want you to take this and write this down and keep it forever close to your heart. If you get in relationship, you will absolutely 100% get hurt. There's no way around it. You're going to get hurt, and you are going to hurt someone else. Those are the facts. It's just not possible to do relationship any other way. But what, what is possible is that each time you get hurt in relationship, you and your partner can grow, and you and the relationship can grow as well. So that's what's possible. What's, what's not possible is to have a relationship where you don't ever get hurt. What's not possible is to risk having a relationship so that you can know from the very beginning what it's going to be like. And unfortunately, so much of what's going on today is based on the illusion that if I sleep with him, if, I, if, if, if we, you know, spend the night together or if we talk about everything really, really fast, then we'll have sealed the gap and everything will be fine and we'll have got, all, the relationship will be 100% securely in place and I'll know for sure that this thing's going to work out. And I'm going to tell you this. This is the second thing you can write down and keep close to your heart forever. You can never be sure that the relationship is going to work out. Now, not ever. Never. Okay? There is no crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen. And the truth is, we always end up losing each other in some kind of way. Now, loss is relative because I believe that when we transition, even when we transition into death, we don't really lose each other. But, but we can't keep each other either in the sense that we get to hold on and hold on and hold on and make that thing go the way we fantasize it will go. Would I like to die at the same time my partner does so I don't ever have to deal with death? Yeah, I'd like that. That'd be nice. But is that going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, would I like to live the next 30 years happily in sated bliss with my partner? Absolutely. Yes, I would. But is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know the future. My crystal ball got broke. What I do know is that I can make the best of today, and that's all I know. And so when we're trying to secure a relationship by playing games or making bargains or not telling the truth or all kinds of other dysfunctional patterns, what we're doing is telling ourselves a lie, A. We're telling ourselves we can make sure that this thing is going to work the way we fantasize it's going to work, and that's how it'll be. And there's, uh, relationships are full of surprises, constantly full of surprises, you know, do you have to move across the country to get another job? Maybe. Do you have to move to another place in the world to get another job? Maybe. Do you have children? Maybe, maybe not. Can you, you know, have that girl when you had three or four boys? Maybe, maybe not. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in a relationship. What we can know is what we can do today. What we can do today is tell the truth, not only to ourselves, but to other people. Now, that doesn't mean that on the very first date you tell the person your whole life story and every little thought you've ever had. A lot of people think that's what it means because they think, well, if I do this really, really fast, then I'll secure this relationship, lock it up, and we'll be married tomorrow. <laughs> and, of course, if you said that to them, they go, oh, I'm not going to marry him tomorrow. That's ridiculous. But, but that thought is back there, way back there in the behind the scenes kind of pushing the behaviors. So... We really need to be cautious about what is motivating us. Fear that it won't work out, if that's motivating us, then we are very likely to play some games that are going to keep it from working out. Unfortunately, uh, this has diminishing returns. 
So intimacy is not built from when you tell a lie to your a potential partner or a date. Intimacy is not built when you play games with your partner or with a potential da- with a date or a potential partner. Uh, intimacy is not built of having sex. Intimacy is not built from um, sleeping in the same room, living in the same house, cooking the same food, eating the same food. Intimacy is not built that way. I've known of people who've been married for 20, 25 years who ha- don't aren't, aren't intimate at all. So intimacy is something that we do in terms of allowing another person to know us and to be known by that other person. And we can only do that, A, with people we trust, and we can only do that, B, when we stop counting on the future and start counting on today. So it's going to take some work inside of us to build up the skills to take the risk to be genuine with ourselves and with our potential partners so that we can build intimacy into the relationship, into our lives, into our dynamic with planet Earth, with, with, with life itself. Because intimacy with life itself is how we have a legitimate, genuine experience of life itself. So when we, when we have intimate relationship with a flower or a tree or nature of any kind or with the air that we breathe or with an encounter with another person on the street or in any way, if we're present in that moment, really present, we're being intimate. We're being genuinely connected to that moment. And I'm not talking about time, although time is a part of it. I'm talking about what's going on as we relate to life itself. So we can, we can build intimacy skills even while we're, we're alone by really beginning the process of being genuine in our encounters with life. Even if you take a hike in the woods all by yourself and there's nobody there but you and the woods, it's, it, it's still an encounter with life. And we can be there for it. We can be present with it. We can be honest in that encounter with life. We can say and, and acknowledge how we actually feel in that moment um, instead of lying to ourselves and telling ourselves things that aren't really true about that moment. We can be present. And as we are, then we're building intimacy. And we can pass these same skills on to our children as we, as we interact with them, and we'll talk about that as well. So intimacy is a skill. It's not something we're born with. As a matter of fact, once we get born, our, most of the time our parents start teaching us to stop being intimate. They start teaching us to stop, to stop being intimate with ourselves, with them, with the world, with life, because they start trying to teach us who to be instead of teaching us how to be more true to who we are. So my prayer for every one of my grandchildren and every one of the children that I know is that they will not lose touch with their own souls, that they will, no matter what the world tries to teach them, they will not lose touch with their own souls. And, and I think that's the best prayer we can pray for our children, and I think it's the best way we can help them build intimacy as well. But today we're talking about adults, and we're going to spend some time talking about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more right after this. We'll be back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. 
But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel by tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porosik and Christine McIver. You'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back uh, talking today about sex. Nope, now fooled you. Talking about intimacy. Although, sex is a small part of intimacy it is not the whole wagon. So uh, we know that the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the term holistic theology means. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship. NBCC approved continuing education and a brand new PhD program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following. Holistic theology offering its terminal degrees, both a THD and a PhD. Holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality and alternate spiritual traditions, which includes in-depth studies of the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. This is not just another spiritual diploma mill. AIHT is a real educational program where you will get a real learning experience in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. 
Are you willing to invest a 250 down payment and pay $150 a month toward manifesting your dreams? Your dream is our mission. You want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Pick up the phone right now and call 800-650-4325 to learn how you can make your dreams for a degree that will make your career dreams come true. And as I said, we're talking today about intimacy. And what we said in the first part of the break, in the first part of the show was that we were uh, we needed to know what keeps us from intimacy, and what we basically said is ingenuineness keeps us from intimacy. Uh, games, lying, not telling the truth, uh, pretending, trying to please someone else, trying to bargain with someone else or something else or some reality, those things keep us from intimacy. And we also said that intimacy is something we build even without a partner. Intimacy is something we learn to do with our lives in general, because intimacy has everything to do with authenticity. Intimacy is all about truth. Intimacy is all about being present in truth as we engage in our lives. So let's talk about that for a minute, and then we're going to talk about how to put it into relationship. Intimacy uh, means that you are, you are really, really, really there. You're really present. No matter what you're doing, you're really there. Now, I'm going to say this to all of us. Nobody's really there 100% of the time. Our world um, has taught us not to be there, and we have to learn how to be there again. But, uh, but as much as is possible in a given day, we can be present for the reality of that day. We can be honest with other people. We can tell people what we're really thinking and really feeling. And even if it turns out that we're wrong, it's better to, be, to go ahead and say what we're really thinking and feeling than it is to not really be present. So if, if, the, if the opposite of, not, of saying what we really feel and think is, is not being present, then, being, then saying what we really feel is a better option. But in our workplaces, we're taught not to do that. In our relationships, we're taught not to do that. In our school programs, we're taught not to do that. And we wonder how it is that our kids are killing each other and taking drugs all the time. Well, part of it is that they're not supposed to be telling the truth to each other. They're supposed to be trying to, you know, play some game. Where, so they can get the most people to like them. And we're all doing that in some kind of way. People, we, we say, you know, oh, well, that's so high school when somebody does something that seems pretty immature. We're, we're all still kind of in high school because what we're doing is um, playing the games instead of really being intimate, not telling the truth instead of telling the truth. So, okay, let's talk about a date, a first date, just, just a first date with somebody. If you're on that first date... And the person says, you know, let's go to the Chinese restaurant and you break out in hives if you eat Chinese, you're probably going to say, you know, I'm really allergic to that. I can't eat Chinese. But if you don't break out in hives, you probably not, you might not say that. You might say, uh, okay, I'll go have Chinese and you'll just nibble. You won't really eat because the other person likes it and you don't want to, you know, say that you don't like it because you don't want them to like, to stop liking you because you don't like Chinese. Now, that's a silly example, but that's what it comes down to sometimes. We start telling the little bitty lies that keep people from knowing who we are. And five, six years into the relationship, somebody ends up saying, how come you didn't tell me this? Well, I was afraid you wouldn't like me if I told you. Well, now we're talking about intimacy. Now when you say, I'm afraid you wouldn't like me if I told you, now you're telling the truth for the first time. And that 
is an intimate moment. So when people come into couples therapy, very often what I do is I, ch- I try to get them to start telling the truth to each other, good, bad, or ugly. But they're so afraid that if they start t- saying the ugly, that it's just going to break all the way apart, and it's not going to—they're they're not going to be able to fix it. And what I say is, if they don't start saying the ugly, it's going to break all the way apart, and they're not going to be able to fix it. Because—and I'm not saying they should call each other names. Absolutely not. No way. That's verbal abuse. But I am saying that they should really say, here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what scares the ever-living crap out of me. Here's what makes me want to run through the roof uh, screaming my head off. Here's what drives me crazy about you. Here's what I wish I could change. And you know why I want to change it? Because, because it hurts me so bad when you do it. Because I think it means X, Y, and Z. That's when we begin to really find out what's going on in the relationship. And that's where real intimacy starts, right there. It starts right there. But they could have had it a long time before that if they built it into the relationship. And the way we build it into the relationship is by telling the truth from the get-go. You don't like Chinese? Say, you know, really, no, I'm not for Chinese. I, could, could we do something else? Can we make some other suggestions? Can't eat Chinese. Okay, let's make some other suggestions. You know what? If that person doesn't like you because you don't like Chinese food, next. You know, you're, what you want to do is pick out a partner who's really, you're going to really be able to have a relationship. Not just anybody, not just somebody to warm the bed at night, but a partner. Somebody who really knows how to be a partner. We're lonely people, aren't we? We want a relationship really badly. And we think that having a relationship means something about us, too. You know, if we have a relationship, then we're an okay person. If we don't have a relationship, well, we're less than okay. That's not true. We're doing what we're doing, whatever phase we're in. You know, I heard somebody say one time, well, I'm between relationships. (laughs) That's kind of like saying I'm between jobs. Well, it was an honest statement, and we're really not uh, telling uh, an untruth because not too long after that they got got another relationship. But the point is that, you know, the reason they said that was because it sounded better than saying I'm single, because saying I'm single means, oh well, you're not you're not really up to par in our society. You know, I just watched Anna Karenina last night. Very sad story. Leo Tolstoy wrote that book, and uh, Anna Karenina. And um, you know, the story there is that she uh, ended up leaving her husband because she was she fell in love with some other guy. Well, I don't know what's right, wrong, or whatever about that. Did she love her first husband? Did she not? I don't know about all that. What I do know is that because she felt such pressure from her society, that she was such a damned woman, that even though men could have affairs all over the place, she could not do that. She ended up killing herself. Now, it's not society's fault that she killed herself, but the point is that she took, she destroyed her, her the relationship she did have with the guy she actually did fall in love with, and she ended up killing herself. Why? Because she counted on other people to bolster her own sense of herself. And if we're doing that, we're not, anytime we're saying, I need these other people to define me, we're not defining ourselves. And the less we're defining ourselves, the less authentic we are. And the less authentic we are, the less, off, less of a capacity we have for creating intimacy in a relationship. So really it all comes down to, are we willing to be with ourselves first? Can I be in the same room with me and like me Okay. Can I be in the same room with me and say, I'm an okay person? If I can do that, then I'm more likely to be genuine with somebody else. And that builds intimacy. So 
Okay, so now you're into the relationship a little further. You've dated for, you know, a couple months, and you've even had sex several times, and that's been great, and everything's going along pretty good. But you're starting to get a little bit afraid that what if this doesn't last? What, you know, this, it, you know, I haven't had one really last before, and what if it doesn't last? And you start trying to figure out what you need to do to make sure it lasts. Well, right there, you're in trouble. Right there, you're about to start building lack of intimacy into the relationship. Why? Because you're now motivated out of fear that it won't last instead of being motivated out of creating something real. And if you create something real, it will, it will very likely last. The studies that we've seen thus far about really what makes a relationship work is intimacy. That's what it comes down to. The, the relationships that are long-term committed relationships that really last are relationships that either have just hung in there and they just really hate each other but they stay in the same relationship doing the same old things, or they're, they're in, a, in a relationship with somebody who really they can trust and they've built a strong intimacy with. So, okay, let's talk about trust for a minute. First of all, trust is not something that somebody else can, can give us. It is earned, but it's not something that somebody else does for us. In other words, they don't tell us whether or not we trust them. Okay? Other people don't tell us whether or not we trust them. Now, we want them to. We want them to say, you can trust me, and let me show you with all my behaviors that you can trust me. And very often we get ourselves in trouble just that way because we're only paying attention to what they say and what they do instead of what's going on inside of us while they say and do it. All right? So that's important, very, very important to building relationships, the relationship skill of intimacy. If if something inside me is gnawing at me, going, something's wrong with this picture, something's wrong with this picture, something's wrong with this picture, and I don't ever turn around and look at that, three, four, five, six years down the road, I'm going to go see a therapist and I'm going to say, I knew it. I knew it all along. I just wasn't paying attention. It's paying attention to what goes on inside of us that we trust. Because people can act and say and do all the right stuff and if we're not paying attention, that little niggling thing inside of us will be fooled and later regret it. So people, pe- people that are very good at pleasing other people or putting on the right mask or being secretive enough or, or being quiet enough so we can't ever really know what's going on inside them, those are people that uh, have the capacity to fool us. And we will be fooled if we're relying solely on them to show us whether or not we can trust them. So while trust is earned... It is also something that's a total inside job. So we're not, re- we're not looking outside of ourselves to build trust. We're looking inside of ourselves to know whether or not we actually trust what's being presented to us. So that's key. That's very key. And it's an intimacy skill. So when we, ha- you know, even deep into the relationship, you've been with somebody five, six years, and you kind of feel like they're not telling you the truth, you go, hey, wait a minute now. You're not really being honest with me. Tell me what's going on. And you can get an honest answer, hopefully. And if not, then you something's wrong and you've got to figure out what that is and try to see if you can solve the problem. What we want to do is just go into fairy la la land where we can just kind of say, well, this is, isn't this sweet and romantic and good and isn't this wonderful and now finally I've found my bliss and now everything's going to be fine and I don't have to look any further. And we want to do that you know, two months into the relationship. Today, that's how it goes. The standard is about two months. We're ready to start to go, okay, this is fairy la-la land now. We can just kind of stop thinking about anything else and just start trusting that everything's going to be okay. 
On the other hand, that very thought makes us go, uh-oh, what if this doesn't last? And it makes us start wanting to play games. The best thing to do about that is to start looking inside of ourselves at our fears and asking ourselves, what is this fear all about? Can I be right here in this uncertainty about whether or not this relationship is going to last and be okay with that uncertainty? Because the truth is that uncertainty is always more or less there. I mean, you know, less, much more than more once you're in a committed relationship, but still there because there's no certainty about the future. Um, So we can say, okay, I have what I have, and I can really see what's really going on here because I'm paying attention to what's going on inside me and being honest when the time comes to be honest. So, okay, when we talk about being honest in relationship, what so many of us often do is think, well, here's what I'm supposed to do. On the first day, I'm supposed to tell this person everything about my life and spill my whole guts and tell them everything I feel, and then we'll be done with that, and we can move on to playing, back, playing the games we need to play. And it doesn't work that way. And so many times when you get on a first date and somebody dumps like that, you, you tend to want to go, ooh, too much information here, TMI, too much, too, going too fast. This, is, uh, this person wants to get married tomorrow. And there's, that's a red flag for a lot of people, and they run from it. From other people... They think that means, oh, wow, this person really wants a relationship and they're really checking me out to find out if this is it. Well, I would say take your time because uh, relative to being able to understand what's going on in a relationship is time. Time is part of the dynamic that's woven into the possibilities inherent in this relationship. If you don't take the time to really uh, get to know yourself as you are in relationship with this other person, not just get to know the other person, because so often that means just get to know what they present. Don't get to know them. Just get to know what they present. Uh, But also get to know yourself. What's going on inside me when he does X, Y, and Z? What's going on inside me when she does X, Y, and Z? What's going on inside me relative to what they do? Because here's the deal. Preferences matter. Intuition matters. Fears that come up about what might this might mean matters. All these things matter. And we try to tell ourselves they don't matter. And when we do that, we're quashing the possibility of intimacy, which is the very thing that's going to build the dynamic we want. Um, so in the process of, of understanding um, what we do with that, what we can do is respond in the moment genuinely. So... A situation comes up that's difficult. Uh, he wants you to go to your parents' ha- his parents' house that weekend, and you don't really want to go. What do you do? Are you honest? Do you whine? Do you complain? Do you hope not bring it up, and you just kind of deal with it? Do you hope that it'll go away? Do you just pretend that he hasn't asked? What are you doing with that? Uh, the best plan is to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm feeling really uncomfortable with that. I'm not sure why. Let me let me look into why. But I want to let you know I'm, I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable with that right now. And, um, and if I don't know, then I'm going to investigate and find out why. If I do now, I'm going to say, well, I'm uncomfortable with it because X, Y, and Z. And that may not mean that I won't go, but it does mean I'm going to be honest. Okay. So that's how you build intimacy, because now you're revealing not what should he do or she do to keep you comfortable so you don't have to deal with the uncomfortable feelings, but rather, here's what goes on inside me. That is what builds relationships. 
here's what goes on inside me. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what makes me happy. Here's what makes me jump into the river of bliss. Here's what, you know, makes me feel real joy. Here's, let me try to explain to you what happens when I get out in nature and I connect with the, with, with the power of nature or what, let me explain to you what happens when I meditate. Let me explain to you what happens when your mother walks in the room. Let me, that stuff. Let me really tell you, give words as much as possible to what goes on inside me. That builds intimacy. And without that, we don't have intimacy. When we're playing the games of bargaining and not telling the truth and, and keeping people at a distance and um, making sure they don't really know what goes on inside of us because we're afraid that if they do, they won't like us anymore, that's when we're building the very worst thing into that dynamic we could build to offer it the chance not to grow but to crash and burn. So intimacy is all about genuineness, and genuineness is all about knowing who we are. So we're going to be talking over the, of the next period and the next sec- segment about how it is we can actually know who we really are so that we can give that to another person. So stay tuned for that. Come back in just a few more minutes. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If you are looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light. Where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you feeling out of control? Are bad relationships, anger, depression, and lifestyle overwhelming you? You can choose to release the belief systems that have kept women stuck for years. Tune in to The Power of an Unstoppable Woman with Dr. Rose Backman as your host. Break free from the genetic beliefs that can cause sabotage. It's time to stand up for who you are and what you believe in no matter what. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with hosts Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about intimacy, what it means to build it into relationship and the skills necessary to doing that. And what we said thus far is that um, there are several reasons why we don't build intimacy in a relationship. Those have to do with our fears, and we develop all kinds of dysfunctional patterns around those fears that keep us from having intimacy in a relationship, even as we are trying to build intimacy into the relationship. And um, then we talked about how we can begin the process of really being genuine with another person, which is what intimacy is made of. The the problem about primary relationships is they're fraught with so much fantasy about um, what's really true in in a relationship. But the most thrilling part of 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 a real relationship is when you get to share the dirt down and gritty with somebody. Just really be with that other person, even in the worst kind of instances, because at some point, you're going to go to the hospital with this person. At some point, you're going to, you're going to, um, they're going to have a baby. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to deal with the raw, elemental issues of living with another human being. And those things are not necessarily pretty, and yet they have their own glory about them. It's, and sharing that with another person is so powerfully intimate. Why? Not because it's all sweet and gooey and romantic, but because it's so real. So real. Real is what makes intimacy, not romance. Although romance is wonderful, and I like romance just as next as the ne- much as the next guy. As a matter of fact, um, I could be called an incurable romantic when it comes to flowers and candles and all of that. But the point is that that by itself is not going to build intimacy. Intimacy keeps relationships together, not romance. So romance is great. But, and if you don't have it and you want it, you certainly should be able to speak to that. But, if, but romance is not enough. And so in, in, in the process of growing up, what's happened to most of us is we've, taught, we've been taught not to be intimate. And the reason we've been taught not to be intimate is we've been taught not to be who we are. The minute we came out of the, uh, the hoop there, we, we started say, parents started saying to us, be who I need you to be. Be who I need you to be. Be who I need you to be. They didn't say, oh, aren't you wonderful just as you are. They said, be who I need you to be. And in the process, what happened is we conformed in whatever nonverbal messages we were getting, even as an infant from our parents, to conform to whatever they needed from us. We were conforming because we needed them, and we thought they were defining us. We, we thought they were our mirrors. And so we did that. We imprinted to that. And, and we became who we thought they needed us to be. And in the process, we'd lost touch with our souls. We lost touch with who we actually are. And, it, and that process keeps us from being intimate with other people because how can we share what's really going on inside of us if we don't even know who we are? So, but here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's impossible to have a, a genuine intimacy-building relationship with someone if you haven't already become authentic. In fact, what I'm actually saying is that you can become authentic 
as a result of building intimacy into your relationships. And here's how. You get to say the stuff that's in between you and being yourself. You get to say to that person, you know, sometimes I wish that I could stop saying yes all the time to your mother or to my mother and, and, and say no. And your partner gets to say, well, how come you can't? And you can say, because I'm so afraid that if I do, she'll be unhappy or she'll get her feelings hurt or she'll be whatever, whatever. And, you can, and the partner can say, but that's on them. And you get to go, oh, well, maybe I could say no. Now I've got my partner's backing and maybe I can say no. Maybe I can be more true to who I am. That, that's a part of the process. It's a, and it's also sharing what's going on inside of you. So what's going on inside you isn't always what's in your deepest soul but it can help you get to what's in your deepest soul. And so I, I think one of the most powerful ingredients of a relationship is its capacity to build authenticity into each party in the relationship. So uh, what, you know, one of the things that happens is people start dreaming each other's dreams when they get really close to each other. You know, we wake up in the morning and you tell about your dreams and the, one person says, well, I dreamed about you doing X, Y, and Z, and I felt like I was you. And the other person says, well, I dreamed about you doing X, Y, and Z, and I felt like I was you. Or it doesn't always happen just like that. One person reports a dream they've had, and then several months later, another person reports a dream they've had, and they're dreaming somebody, the other person's dream. How did that happen? They got so close to each other that they were actually inside that other person. That's what intimacy can bring us when it's real. And there's a bond there that's almost un, un, unbreachable. You can't, you can't undo that kind of intimacy. That's what builds lasting, um, endurable, unbreachable relationships. That's why people don't cheat on each other. And that's why people stay together and still respect each other. That's why. Because they've built something so genuine and so real that they want to get back to it at the end of every day after work. They want to get back to it in the morning. They want to get back to it every opportunity they have because it's so real. Not because it's so romantic and so sweet and so fantasy-filled. That's the lie we've heard about relationship. No, because it's so real. That's what people want to come back to. They want to stand on something real. And people know when they've got a real partner and when they don't. And if you tuned into yourself enough to pay attention to that knowledge, then you know. So, so what keeps us from being real with another person isn't uh, the fact that we have been trained not to be authentic. That what keeps us from being real with another person is our fear that that person won't like us if we do, if we are real. And that fear is what's going to keep us from having the very thing we say we want if we let it rule us. We've all got a little bit of that fear, but we can, we can not let it rule us, not let it make our decisions for us if we pay attention to it. So becoming authentic is not about suddenly just going, oh, I'm not listening to those messages anymore, but rather walking through the, the sort of tunnel that comes about as all those messages are yelling at you, come back and do what we want you to do, come back and be inauthentic, and we keep going, yeah, I hear you. I hear you saying to me that I shouldn't you know, tell this person how I really feel because if I do, they won't like me. I hear that, but I'm going to go ahead and take the risk to tell them anyway and see what happens. And that is how we become more authentic. So 
the process is one of opening more and more to ourselves as we open more and more to another person and opening more and more to another person as we open more and more to ourselves. It's a process of tuning in to ourselves while we listen to how we feel about how somebody else is responding or acting. And so, for example, if you go out with somebody and and they kind of halfway flirt with the waitress or the waiter and you feel uncomfortable with that, pay attention to that. That's an uh-oh feeling that you need to know about that needs to be registered on the scale of whether or not you want to keep going out with this person. Preferences, as I said, matter because what bothers you today when you're dating somebody is going to drive you crazy <laughs> five, ten years from now when you're really living with them. Um, so, you know, if you can deal with their foibles, then you're going to be okay. But i, I got to say this. you got to pick your faults. Everybody's got them. But they don't need to be faults that are just so grinding against you that you really can't have a hard time tolerating them. We don't, we don't want to get in a relationship with somebody where we have to tolerate the intolerable and accept the unacceptable. Somebody's an alcoholic or a drug addict, it's not a good risk for a candidate for a relationship. They don't have intimacy with you. The only intimate partner in their lives is the substance they're using. Um, and if you're in a relationship with somebody who tells a lot of lies a lot, not a good candidate for intimacy. This is somebody that needs to, you need to say no to. They're not going to be able to do it. They don't have it. Someday maybe they'll build it, but you're not going to be able to make that happen. And staying with them and waiting around for it to happen is just you bargaining, and that's going to keep you from having what you want. Um, to, to be able to um, recognize what's going on in another person and say, okay, now let me really see this for what it really is and ask myself sincerely, can I live with this, you know, um, one of the things that went on early in my relationship was my partner would come home and stuff the refrigerator so full that things would fall out when you open the door. Okay, that's a little irritating, but so what? And it's not lying or cheating or stealing or something. And, yeah, I can live with that. No big deal. I mean, it's not, you know, not the happiest event in the world, and every time it does it, I cuss, but, you know, okay, so what? But but if it's... But if it's something that's really grinding against your nature, um, I've had people come in and say, this is a person who hates animals, and I'm a real animal person. Well, that's an incompatibility issue. And if that's not going to go away. There's two givens in in a dynamic that are going to keep going. Uh, One of them is what's real in the other person, what's really going on in the other person, and what's really going on in you. Those things are not likely to change. We try to bargain with them and tell ourselves, oh, I can, it'll be all right. I can make this be okay. And really, it's not okay, and it's not going to be okay. It's just going to get worse. And that keeps us from having intimacy. But if we're honest with ourselves, we can make a decision to leave that relationship and move on to another one that's going to be more effective. Because not everybody we fall in love with is Mr. or Miss Right. We know we can fall in love with Mr. or Miss Wrong. It happens every day. So the the heart is not always the best leader. We have to have the heart, the soul, the mind, and the body all in the same place at the same time, listening to each other. That's how we'll know. And we'll know to make the decision that works for us in terms of what we really want in a long-term committed relationship with somebody else. And if you're in a relationship with somebody where you're saying, I want commitment, and they're saying, not there, no, 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 then that's not going to work right now. Now, if you're pushing to make something happen and they're, you know, more taking their time and trying to find out what's real in the relationship, perhaps you're the problem. Perhaps you're the one that's saying, 
you know, you want this magically fixed and done, sealed up tight forever and ever, amen, right now. Um, that's you bargaining. Okay? So there's lots of things that go into the, the building of relationship intimacy. But what's not a part of it, what's not a part of it is not being true to yourself and not telling the truth to that other person. So it really requires us being present enough to see what's going on inside of us when that other person behaves as they do and to be able to respond appropriately, and I don't mean by with good manners and all that, but appropriately to our own authenticity when when something requires us to do that. And it always requires us to do that. We're asked a question, we need to give a true, honest answer. We're asked for our opinion or our, our preference, we need to give a true, honest answer. That builds intimacy. And we can certainly talk about this some more another time. There's lots of stuff written out there about intimacy, and I've written some stuff about intimacy into the book, Restoring My Soul. You can read that there. But today what I really wanted to get across is that intimacy is all about being genuine in the moment, being present to life as it is in the real. Okay, so that's the end of our talk today. Next week we're going to be talking about how we can know the truth when we stumble upon it. What is truth? Do we know when we have arrived at truth? How can we make the internal assessment and evaluate? Is this true for me or is this something I'm just feeling? What, what really? How do we really know? That's what we're going to be talking about next week. So you don't want to miss that. So we're out for today. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.